Many hands make slight work, and this is a big job producing this podcast, but I've got help, and the Vancouver Island Works Project has been providing a great deal of help by creating for me a premium website, biwproject.com, for a premium website for yourself. Don't go to just Wix or something like that where you bang it together. Everybody thinks they can do a DIY website, and yeah, you can, but it's going to be missing so much stuff. If you want a K car, go get a K car. If you want a Lamborghini, you go to viwproject.com. Thank you, Manny Mandruziak, who I served with, who made this possible. Thank you for your support of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast, by providing us with a beautiful premium website. That website is operationtraumarecovery.org. OperationTraumaRecovery.org is the website that they made for us. And VIWProject.com is where you go to get one for yourself. Victor India Whiskey Project.com. In three, two, one. Today in the show is our first show from the United Kingdom. We have veteran Sean Molino. Sean, thanks for being on the show, sir. Well, thank you very much for having me. And it's uh, also a good accolade to be your first uh, gentleman from the UK as well. So You are nice. the first dude. So it's awesome. Not the first English fella I've had on, but the first English veteran that I've had on. And well, I'm Welsh there, Mark, so we'll jump in on that. Oh, we're fuck. Almost, you know, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> I knew better. I totally know better. I knew better. Oh, man, stepping on it right off the bat, right out of the gate. I'm up to my ankles in manure. Oh, man, never. You want to piss off a Welshman, call him English. And I started off right off the hop. I knew better. First Battalion Welsh Guards, Infantry. Now, aren't you the guys with the giant hats? Yeah, that's correct. So we uh, we uh, all go through ceremonial uh, duties. So once we finish our training with the Queen's personal guards, so we would be the people who guard the Queen outside Buckingham Palace, Windsor, um, and other places around the UK. But basically, we uh, would finish training. We do our ceremonial duties. So we work 20% ceremonial, and I'd say around 80% operations then on whatever those operations may be, Afghanistan, Iraq at the moment, or the other ones like former Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Kosovo, uh, and other operations around the world, like Northern Ireland, where we used to be prior to that as well. Have you actually been in front of the uh, palace yourself doing the yes, guard duty? My first, my, at age of 18, my first, I got off at St. James's Palace um, tube station, come from home Wales. I was 18 years of age and I literally lived just across about 200 meters away from Buckingham Palace, uh, more or less next door in Wellington Barracks. And that was my first posting. So my first posting was there for the first year before we moved to uh, Aldershot. And then we went off to Canada, actually. Went out to Canada, out to Batis. You probably know where that is, Batis in Canada. Um, and then we deployed to uh, Bosnia, Bosnia after that. But yeah, answer so, your question, I did. So you have a tour of Bosnia? Yes, Bosnia. That was my first operational tour was was Bosnia. So that was my first operational tour. What are your other tours? So the other tours then were out, back and forth to Northern Ireland for a bit before okay. the, 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 the troops stopped out going out there. Obviously, we, we don't deploy to, to Northern Ireland anymore. That's all looked after from the police service in Northern Ireland. But uh, so it was Bosnia 2002, 
uh, 2002, sorry, uh, Northern Ireland 2003 for about three tours, bouncing back and forth. And then I was on the training team then for Iraq, which would have been Optelic 4, the fourth rotation of Iraq, um, back in 2004. Um, but I didn't deploy to Iraq because I'm reapparting. I then left the military. So the boys went off to Iraq. What year was your that. Bosnia tour? Uh, 2002. In 02, so that right at the end of it then? Yeah, 2002 Bosnia. I think they pulled out of Bosnia in 2007, I think. Was it they that did. late? Yeah, 2007 was the last tour, I think, in NATO, because Welsh guys actually went back um, after I left, because they stay in touch with the guys. Because we were out there, there's some Canadians out there, actually. The, we oh, worked sure. with the Canadians, and we worked with, uh, there was the Portuguese out there on the Italians, Carabinieri. The Carabinieri were out there as well. And I know there was a US deployment down in Sarajevo, because we were up in Banyaluka, which is up, up the north sort of I know, I know um, Banyaluka, yeah. We were, yeah. yeah. Well, the old metal factory. Well, I, I I never stepped foot in uh, Bosnia. So it's as close as Kanin, which is right on the Croatian border. It's like right okay. there. You could throw a rock into Bosnia, at um, basically. But I was in Croatia in '94, so when, when the war was still on, and mm. um, I'm sure you know your history of the place. Yes. And uh, we were in the Krajina, which was Serb-held Croatia, so the hot spot, uh, which was sector south in Croatia in, in 94. But we kind of missed the good stuff, because um, 93 was Medak Pocket, the biggest battle since Korea that the Canadians had been in. Then 95 was the Purge, and we were right in the middle. So uh, we missed some of the good stuff, which I'm kind of grateful for because we, we did enough. Yes, <laughs> it, it was. A, it was. Yeah, you've done your bit. It was. It was. Yeah, I did my little bit for Queen and Country. I'm. I'm good to go. I was. Uh, we would see the. English, there was 21 countries because uh, we didn't. We weren't under the UN. Uh, the NATO Charter. We were under the UN. So okay. there were 20 other countries um, uh, representing the UN, and uh, we. I would see the Brits, and I go, "You assholes! You get to wear shorts? The hell!" That is just not right because we were just sweating, not the proper gear at all. Uh, I was happy to finally get desert boots, but nice. uh, the the Croatian summer is sweltering. Oh, it's hot, yeah. It's it is. Boiling. It is boiling. <laughs> it is something else. And uh, so I saw you guys in shorts. I'm like, oh man, I'm in the wrong army. I did. <laughs> I did. I did this the wrong way. Our uh, sister regiment actually is the Royal Green Jackets. Uh, yes. But, uh, I, I don't know a they damn know- thing. I think, and someone will probably shoot me on this back in the UK, but I think they've now amalgamated the Royal Green Jackets, and and now I think they're the Mer- I think they're the Mercians. I think I think they're probably going to get shot down now by someone who's in the Royal Green Jackets. But that's yeah. like everything, all the like probably like a lot of your battalions and regiments have all sort of amalgamated into different ones, and and over the years a lot a lot of them have, and I think they they've mm-hmm. gone now the Royal Green Jackets. Uh, light infantry, but now they—I'm pretty—I'm sh- pretty sure they are. I'm pretty sure they're the Mercians now. But again, don't shoot me, anyone out there that's listening. Uh, it could be. I'm so out of date. I've been out since '95, so I don't know, Jack. But um, when we would do exchanges, it would be with the Royal Green Jacket. So we would have yeah, British that's... officers coming over, and then we'd have British uh, um, or Canadian officers going uh, to to serve with them. And actually, when I was in Croatia, one of um, one of the captains was a was a Royal Green Jacket. And I remember actually asking him as we're going through, like we're just in country. We just got there, it was fresh. And we're going through this bombed out village, uh, Packrats, I think was the name of it. And uh, and we're all still in that, you just got there phase where you're like, whoa, this is crazy. And um, and he had the same look on his face that I did because it was it was his first, and, and but I knew that he had been in Northern Ireland. And yeah. so as we're going through this uh, rubble, uh, in, in the carrier. And I looked at him and said, so, sir, you went, you're in Northern Ireland, right? Yeah. Anything like this? He's like, uh, no. 
nothing like this at all. No, not it's not the same environment at all. Now, um, my opening question with you uh, is the state of veterans affairs in the UK. So in Canada, we've got a couple of different camps. It's pretty decent over here. Uh, actually, I think I've been happy with Veterans Affairs, although there's a pile of folks that would strongly disagree with me. All I know is that I've got the help that I've asked for, and I've been looked after. It's I'm I'm kind of happy. Uh, it cool. took ten months though, uh, from picking up the phone to actually being sitting across from a therapist. Ten months is a long gap, and it's a big reason that I created Operation Tango Romeo. Because what do you do in the meantime? Yeah, you know, and uh, and that's part of the purpose of this show. So, uh, in the UK, from your perspective, what are sort of the um, uh, the places that still need some improvement with um, with with uh, the UK Veterans Affairs, and um, what's been changing, and what are they doing well? I think that it's getting better. It's definitely the word, and that's good. It's always nice to see an improvement. And I look back to when I sort of left in two thousand and five, and people left. You know, the early noughties, should I say, that it was, again, pretty much, you know, you use a CV writing course, off you go. And so you just chucked into the wilderness a little bit. And, and that was pretty much that. It wasn't there wasn't no much talk about, um, you know, opening up. It wasn't much talk about mental health. It was more about keep a stiff upper lip and keep going. What you're crying about, go and get in there. If you're in the military, it was very much about that. It wasn't, you know, you, you had to keep strong. Don't talk, you know, keep going. Don't let emotions show. Um, but I think that with regards to sort of veterans affairs, they have put of uh, Officer of Veterans Affairs in, which is a, it was a great and a really good positive thing to happen. Um, these things do take time, and I know in the UK there's some people that are saying they're not doing enough, and you know there's a lot of people shouting out about things and saying why isn't this, why isn't that being done? But it's like anything, it's a, it's, it's going to be quite a slow burner, and I think anyone that knows any of the politicians or works with councils or it, it takes time to do things. So I think they're putting things into place. Um, also, as well, there is there is the sort of um, uh, veterans. Uh, NHS Cymru, which is in Wales, so I can speak for Wales because I'm in Wales. So Veterans NHS Cymru is pretty much where you would go if you had any issues of PTSD, trauma, or any mental health issues. The waiting list on that, which you said was 10 months actually, you know, country, they, they say it's four months now in the UK on that. So they've got that right down to four months. But like you mentioned earlier, um, they do need support between because really, if you're struggling, you need to see someone. And I think within 24, 48 hours, or if not, instantly you can pick the phone up and have that call straight away so there are there are helplines so we've got things like combat stress um which can help there's all call signs which can help so there's a lot of a number of different companies and i suppose my my thought process on it you know is that could it be slightly more centralized i think and, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of people doing good good and great things there's a lot of small charity not-for-profits doing great things you know they're, they're pepper potted around in different places maybe all doing the similar sort of thing in a different area in wales or the uk but could it be more centralized? Could it be more streamlined? And could it be easier to reach for the veterans? And I think that's what I would like to see happen. And I'd like to see maybe the Office of Veterans Affairs, because they, they're the ones who could potentially make that happen, make that happen. They probably, they might be working on it, Mike. Don't get me wrong. That might be a project that they're working on, trying to streamline all this and have that, you know, one main phone number that is manned and everybody can get to it straight away when you need it. They're all specially trained in mental health, trauma, or PTSD, and they can help and then refer them to the sort of NHS Veterans Wales program, which we, we've got in Wales over here then to, to pick up and do the, the actual trauma therapy and PTSD therapy. It is pretty splintered, the different supports. There's all kinds of uh, one-man shows like myself that are I'm doing what I can do. And um, there's so many other little charities uh, and, mm. and it's, it's just so splintered and people just don't know where to go. Is it, 
Is it the same with uh, within the UK? Yeah, I, I think it is pretty much the same. But what what I do like about to having things like this chat show. So there's a number of other there's a number of other chat shows like this in the UK, similar sort of thing in the UK. There's people who are doing podcasts and different things, which I like that because that is all about raising awareness. And what this is today is is raising awareness, talking about things. Maybe people can understand things a little bit better of where they are, and also understand how people have sort of different outlooks and different mindsets in life. So I think talking to people is ultimately key. And well, you know, reaching out when you need to reach out is key as well. No one can be made to reach out. Um, I think it's got to come from come from yourself, haven't it, to talk to people and open up. Um, but but we need that support network, and we they need to know where to go when that stage happens. Well, it's a little bit backwards too, I would suggest, because um, quite often on social media you'll see the post, "Hey, if you feel like talking, here's my number." But it doesn't work that way. When when you're in the weeds, when you're slogging in the mud, uh, you don't reach out for help. You just don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, not often anyway, what, uh, the, what's a lot more helpful is if, if people are a little bit aware and they see somebody going dark yeah. to, to reach out to them and, okay. and not to be talking about any sort of, uh, Hey, tell me about your feelings. Um, no. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that at all. You know, you don't have to be a therapist. It's like, Hey, Sean, haven't seen you in a while. Uh, mm-hmm. let's grab a coffee, man. And, yeah. uh, it, it's, <laughs> I would stay away from alcohol for these meetings cause it just makes it worse. But, uh, you know, everybody does, does their own thing, but actually reaching out and getting somebody out of the house. Yeah. That's, that's the magic. I personally spoke with a fella that had a gun in his mouth and was starting to squeeze the trigger. Then the phone rang and with our cell phones nowadays, he could see who was calling. And because who was calling, he pulled the gun out of his mouth, answered the phone then they went out for a coffee. Brilliant. Had that phone not rung, I mean, he was already squeezing the trigger. He was done. And um, there are a lot of instances like that where uh, uh, forces greater than ourselves must be looking down and saying, hey, mm-hmm. make that call right now. <laughs> yeah. We're out of time here. And um, But that's, that's the importance because the guy with the gun in his mouth wasn't reaching out. Yeah. You know, he was, no. he was ready to punch out. Yeah, I, 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 I think, and that that's one thing I suppose is trying to sort of have that the network of people sometimes, and I think it can happen, and 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 you can see it with some people sort of the self isolation side if they haven't got the network or they haven't got that person to, to phone and call, and that's a bit more of a um, sort of pre- a preemption if that makes if that makes sense of trying to do things prior, you know, trying to have a bit of a network of people that you can talk to or just those people there that are there or or building that up or your friends. Uh, from the military because again we, we had someone i can see it on facebook the other day not similar it's not knowing he didn't have a gun in his mouth don't get me wrong <laughs> but, but but what happened was you could see he was going a bit dark with a conversation on there and it was looking bad so again similar he just popped him a message i didn't want to write on his status i just popped him in a, a little bit of an inbox I said look you know i was ever I, I was having what's happening you know fancy going for a brew and i think that is reaching out and help trying to help people when you can see it and you know and you can tell by sometimes even the might sound weird the tone of a, a message or the way people have gone from being up there happy 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 to down there and then sometimes you know it's a roman keaton life's a roller coaster and you have your ups and you have your downs i mean we want to try and have as more ups and downs as we can really but we're always going to have ups and downs but it's having that support network and again if people can see you dropping down into that dark place to reach out. I completely agree with that, Mark. Recovery is an activity, not an event. But when you're in the mire, 
getting yourself to do an event to take some sort of action is is next to impossible. But you get that little extra uh, bump because somebody did reach out to you or knocked on your door, which I've done. I've uh, me and me and another friend. We knew somebody else was in a tailspin. Uh, wasn't picking up the phone we went to the house opened the door and uh, you could see the rifle right there and he's in his house coat and uh hadn't bathed in a while and uh we hosed him off uh took his guns from him and took him to the emergency room Uh, but had we not shown up i mean he was at the end of the road and uh it's an activity simply getting somebody out of that um out of that state by getting them moving is huge and it's just a simple act of, of reaching out knocking on a door and saying come on throw on your boots let's go and uh and, and just go for a walk and just be there you don't have to talk about anything you don't have to be a therapist and for christ's yeah. sake don't give any advice just no, you know just yeah. j- just be there uh part of the depression and the issues with ptsd is isolation hmm. So when you break somebody else's isolation, uh, that that is just so powerful. I think that. So in the UK, sorry, I was just writing something down there and just said, <laughs> so in the UK, we've actually got a number of, of, of support groups, which I think is good. Um, and so, so, so basically, they're, they're, a cha- they're, they're not a charity, they're not a CIC, but there is a big Facebook community. And so, so people like veterans united against suicide so i think they've actually got some they've actually got some sort of cross atlantic i think one of them has been over to america i'm not sure they've been over to canada um so that's a facebook group in in the uk but again they sort of have somebody there to speak to and just a chat just what you said just that a conversation and they will reach out the other side and if someone's gone missing they'll start the, the facebook campaign to try and find the veteran if they have you know, been off the radar for a little bit to try and help and support them so there's a couple of groups like that i think mines at war is another one veterans united against suicide but there's a there's a number of them veterans I think suicide is probably one of the bigger ones in the UK that, that do that, that do that, and they're just volunteers, really. You know, they're just people that have come through uh, PTSD and trauma or suffered from that, and they really want to try and help and support other people. Um, and they're there for the chat, you know, just to really say, you know, when you if you find it bad, we're here, or if they see people, you know, struggling, that they'll reach out and speak to them, which is is, is nice, is, is a great thing to have in place because we all need to look after each other, don't we? That's it, and it's. And it's not about, again, I, and I can't ever say it enough, it's never about giving advice because it's just don't do that. <laughs> Unless somebody asks you specifically for some advice mm-hmm. about a specific thing, you got to keep your pie hole shut. But um, it's PTSD creates disconnection. The therapy for it is connection, and that's a safe peer support group. And a peer, peer support group can mean going fly fishing together or going for a walk or walking the dog or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter what the activity is. What matters is, is that you're with somebody that you feel uh, connected to and mm-hmm. that there's no judgment. There's no way, like, well, what's wrong with you? I was on the same tour. I don't got a problem. Like there's none of that bullshit. And yeah. uh, that's what makes it a safe place. Absolutely no judgment and um, just, just support. Just being there is all that has to be. Be there in a safe way. And that's peer support, you know, um, it, it, no advice, <laughs> just have that connection. The connection is the therapy. Yes. The connection is the therapy. 
So um, I am really interested to hear about the Veterans Awards uh, programs. Now, uh, it, it's interesting. You have it, um, uh, the Welsh Veterans Awards, the English Veterans Awards, and in a couple of years, it's going to be the Canadian Veterans Awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, how did this all start? So uh, basically, I, I think that we, when I looked at the veteran space, and there's a lot of good things coming out of Wales at the moment, the Veterans Award started in Wales, there's a veteran-owned, big, biz, 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 big veteran-owned UK business directory, so all veterans businesses are on one big direct, like a big yellow pages of directories so that can go on and, and, and check where the veterans, veterans are and veteran-owned businesses, but I've I seen quite a lot of sort of doom and gloom in one way. And, you know, like the media love to paint the doom and gloom veteran story, though. They, let, they they Rather than thinking the positives, so, you know, we've got mental health problems. Yes, we have, but we've got loads of really success stories of people who have come back, help and support it. Let's, let's, let's celebrate that part of it, not the, the doom and gloom side of it. Or let's celebrate, you know, soldier prosecutions, for instance, that are happening in the UK at the moment. So there's a lot of them at the moment. Um, you know, they'll, they'll paint the picture of, um, you know, obviously some of the Commonwealth veteran things, which is bad, which is changing, though, hopefully. But the media liked a... A negative story sometimes because negative stories just face the facts in the paper they tend to sell more the scandals don't they no one likes the happy stories but i what i wanted to do is to celebrate what the military has done for our veteran community from the other side of it because i'm a massive believer that the val- core values that i learned in the army in the armed forces you know integrity turning up on time leadership skills man management or person management skills for me um I really want it. They, they helped me. They massively helped me in my life, in my career, to other things that I've gone on to. So what I wanted to do is try and showcase all these veterans that are doing good things, all these veterans that are doing great things with regards to PTSD, mental health awareness, all these great veterans that are doing well in business, all these great veterans that are giving up their time to volunteer in veteran support centres or for charities like SAFA and uh, the EVF, the Soldiers Charity, and have a big award ceremony where it's positive. We're putting our miniature medals on. We're going out. It's a black tie dinner. You know, one of the guards band or one of the other regiments, bands, Royal Welsh bands, will open it up. We'll have the big brigadier come down and say a few words. We'll have a couple of our celebrity guys from the SAS shows will come down and say a few words. And it's just a nice night for our community where we all come together. And it isn't about the winner. And, it, and this is what I always stress, and I stress it so much. Don't get tied up on the, whoever the winners are. Because whoever's in that room, we're all together. We're all brothers and sisters. And, and we just really want to celebrate the success from our veteran community. And this is what can happen if we try and push towards the positives and it's something i'm very passionate about i'm very i my mindset is very positively driven through the fitness business which is obviously my business where i make money or the veterans awards which is what which is a complete not-for-profit so anything made above and beyond goes back into the veteran space which would be utilized for veterans projects but from my side i just wanted to be a positive event and the last the last last year's two events were absolutely outstanding. We had to cancel, obviously, or shift the events this year because of the dreaded COVID, which is happening all around the world. Because obviously, we were, we were due to launch. It was called the Commonwealth Veterans Awards. Actually, we were looking to launch it um, next year in uh, in Canada. We were actually looking to launch it there, but obviously, that's been put on the back foot a little bit. Um, but I think that it's just a nice night. And in answer to your question, it's about spreading the positives from our community. And I think that can that needs to happen more. I think. Well, it's a beacon of light. Uh, when people see uh, people that they relate to and go, look, I know what this person's been through because I, I did a couple of tours with this person or I served with that person and look where they are now. Mm. Look what they're doing. Look what they're accomplishing. You know, if Sean can do it, if Mark can do it, damn it, maybe I can do it too. I remember getting so upset. Uh, actually, it was, it was um, during my tour and uh, we were talking about, you know, do we stay in? Do we get out? If we get out, uh, what's out there for us? Uh, common conversation. 
And uh, <laughs> one fellow says, well, you just stay in because there's no jobs. He was very negative about it all. And I yeah. damn near, of course, I was already rife with PTSD. I just didn't know it because it was at the end of the tour. But um, wasn't aware of my incredibly short temper at the time. But um, uh, I just remember wanting to throat chop the guy. I wanted to slap him. Instead, we exchanged some words, you know. And uh, but boy, I, I tore tore a strip off him for being so damn negative and and being the opposite of a beacon of hope, <laughs> you know. Mm. And uh, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot yeah. of that. It's um, when a lot of people get out, at least in Canada, and, I, and you can tell me if it's the same in uh, in the UK. A lot of veterans, especially infantry veterans, when when they get out, uh, they just they they quickly realize if they didn't already know they don't fit with people Mm -hmm. they're 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 sticking out like a sore thumb so um that that feels like rejection to avoid that feeling of rejection and i don't fit uh they become truck drivers are there a lot of lorry operators in the uk as well that that uh, used to be in the infantry or in, yeah, in the there's Army? a few HCB drivers. Yeah, they predominantly come from maybe I'd probably say the RLC, which do our logistics movements. Okay. And most most of the lads, I mean, a lot of them were, especially when I first got out, it was massive, massive on the sort of um, the CP close protection workout in Iraq and then Afghan. So they all sort of left, and then they joined sort of the close protection uh, gigs out there. So they were earning silly money, really. So they were earning maybe like 400, 500 pounds a day, which I don't know what that is in dollars. I'm sure 700 is it dollars, something like that a day, uh, tax-free. So, you know, so they're out in there doing all these tours, coming back, living like rock stars they were for a little bit. But the problem I think happened with a lot of the lads is that they get to come back to the real world at some point because it sort of fizzled down a little bit. And then it's what do they do then? You know, so some of the lads got out and they managed to do other things, but it's, it's a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of an awkward end for infantry. You are right. And a few lads went back in. So I know a few boys who come out, uh, but now have gone back in, uh, yeah. back into the military, they rejoined and a lot of lads who come out and now really regret it that they've come out. Um, and that, that happens a lot, a hell of a lot. Like you, when you're in there and I don't know if it's the same with the Canadians. It is. I've seen, I've seen it many, I've seen it many times. <laughs> People moan and purge and moan like, oh, crap, this is rubbish, this is crap, crap. And they get out. I was like, oh, best days of my life. Best days of my life. When they were. <laughs> common, that's a common, common, uh, common conversation, to be fair. Common conversation. I think I say to anyone who joins, go and actually enjoy it. Don't moan. Get in. I wish I had someone say that, you know, and give a little bit of advice as a mentor. But again, it's probably a similar background for most people. You know, you come from... Uh, most infantry lads, not all of them, but may have come from a background, you know, split families, uh, you know, maybe not the amazingest education, not the best. So they go in, maybe not the best mentors, maybe out, you know, the people they're hanging around with and stuff before they go in. So they didn't really have that mentorship. And that's something that maybe I don't know if the army do now, but they could learn from that and take some of the senior person who's doing really well, just put an arm around someone, they come in, I might sound a bit odd and say, look, you know, maybe try this and try and do this and have someone to sort of keeps the eye on people uh, a little bit more. I don't know. That's just me talking out loud. That is Mark. I've never well, thought it, that it's true that uh, the infantry has its share of uh, is fair share of knuckle draggers. That's for sure. <laughs> that, that is true. But also some of the most intelligent people I've ever met in my life. Uh, one fellow in particular has an IQ of 185. That's there's like what one out of a million has that one out of well, 3 million, maybe um, infantry. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you can't uh, necessarily equate somebody's intellect uh, just because they're in the infantry. Uh, yes. some, some of the smartest people I, I know, that's, that's how they decided to serve for whatever 
ridiculous yeah. reason. <laughs> I think some people might want to do it though. In all fairness, it's, it's the challenge. Much. I mean, I remember the recruiting center and I said, yeah. what's the toughest thing you got? That's the thing. I said, well, let's yeah. do that. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm. You know, uh, cause I wanted to find out what I was made of was a big part of it. And, um, I had other options, but I thought, well, can I do it? Let's find out. Let's, let's do the hard thing. And of course uh, I fell for, do you like camping? It's not like camping at all. Please, if you're thinking of joining the army and they say infantry, it's just like camping. It's not. I swear to God, it's not like camping at all. Camping, you get bonfires. We get no bonfires. There's no s'mores. That that does not happen. So don't let them fool you. Yeah, I think I was a similar story. I walked into the Korea's office and they said, oh, I want to I want to join the best, the best Welsh regiment you got. And the guy was like, it's the Queen's Guard, son. You're going to join the Queen's Guard. So that was pretty much it for me. I just thought, look, I wanted to get in, wanted to join the, the best regiment. And from my eyes, they are the best regiment in the British Army. So I'll probably get a few comments on that. But I, by far the best regiment. That's, that's why we guard the Queen. Um, so um, yeah, yeah. I, I did also have my, a number of videos of adventure training and flying helicopters and all these other things. And I didn't fly any helicopters in the Welsh Guards. And I think that, that never that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to uh, fly around in them. Never operated okay. one, but uh, repelling out of a hel- helicopter or abseiling, uh, as it would be for yourself, uh, is wonderful. A little bit scary, especially when you're not wearing a proper harness. You're just wearing a rope around your waist uh, tied in a Swiss seat, which is insanely uncomfortable. It's amazing I was able to have children later. But uh, (laughs) that's a poor man's vasectomy. Just wear a a Swiss seat and jump out of a helicopter. It also works good for transition surgery. Just tears it right off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, tell me about some of the winners of uh, the Veterans Awards. Uh, who are they and why were they chosen? So we've had some fantastic, um, fantastic winners of the Veterans Awards in the past. So uh, Barry John is, was one from Wales last year. So he, um, he won the Veterans Awards. He runs a number of art galleries. So he runs a number of art gallery drop-in centres uh, in West Wales. I think he's got about four or five down there. And they're for veterans and the community to come in, you know, have a brew when they need to, build up, and like you said, people in the South Wales and come in, connect, maybe do some art with each other, do something that they can focus their mind on. So he's, he runs a number of art centres, and he's done some fantastic things. I think he was he actually received an MBE off the Queen, uh, Barry John, for his, for his work within the community. There was another gentleman uh, who served with uh, 22SAS, so using special forces, he was a he was a captain in the SAS. So he runs he runs a company that um, basically helps veterans build Ken Hames. He was an adventurous. You might have seen him on some TV programs before before all this SAS who does winners clip come out. So he runs a company that helps veterans sort of build their own houses and then live in them. So uh, which is fantastic. So they they build their own houses and then live within within the house. So there's some fantastic military veterans. Um, I've done amazing things. The, the sport one, great guy, played rugby for Wales, which is always good. Rugby league, not the union time, mind. So rugby league's quite big out in Canada as well, isn't it? Toronto, to, to, Toronto Wolfpack, I think, isn't it? They're a they're a, they're a big rugby league side out in Canada. If you're into rugby league, I and mean, you're probably more ice hockey though, are you? Well, I'm definitely hockey a hockey well. guy, but I got lots of rugby friends. Yeah, so they, <laughs> but it's big. It's, I think that's, they, they're doing really, really well with that. So there was a young gentleman who was Royal Marines, so he played in the Royal Marines. Uh, then he played Tri-Service, which is Royal Marines Air Force, uh, Royal Navy, sorry, um, uh, Royal, uh, the British Army and the RAF. And then he went off and played for some Super League clubs, which is like the top division in the UK. Um, you know, so they're, they're on a, a, a 
pretty pretty penny to be honest with you. But no, it, it, it's all about again, it's all about just about celebrating success. And we hope that that can sort of rub off to other people. They can act as role models for future service leavers. So if future leavers leave, like that conversation you were having, or that guy's going, it's crap. There's nothing out there. It's rubbish. Then you think, well, hang on. Well, what are all these guys doing then? Because look at all these. This guy runs a multi-million pound turnover company. This guy's doing so much for charities. You know I mean, and we want to give them role models, but we also want to give them. Go to people. So if someone ever wanted to get in touch with me, and I say it all the time, and I do have a few emails, which is great, and um, the people saying, look, how did you do this? How did you do that? So if anyone's got any questions um, about setting up a business, so I run a, a very successful health and wellbeing company, Forces Fitness, and also I run the not-for-profit um, with a great board of directors uh, for Veterans Awards CIC, get in touch. That's what it's all about, just get in touch with you. If you're thinking of leaving and want to go into a certain area, you know, get in touch, because that's what it's about, using the Veterans Awards as a support network. Why not use it? These are the guys who are doing great. Have a chat with them. And if they're any good, they will help and they will support you as well, which I have no doubt they will, especially all the winners, because they've, they've given so much back to the community already, which is great. I'm going to ask for your contact information in a second for, for the audience. But tell me about Forces for Fitness. Did I say it right? Is it Fitness Force? Well, it's Forces Fitness. So Forces it's FF, Fitness. Forces Fitness. Close. It was a close one. I've been called a few things before. All right. Worse. <laughs> So Forces Fitness, so what we are basically, um, all my staff uh, are part of the military community. So all of them are veterans, veteran spouses or serving reservists, everyone. Uh, we provide um, health and wellbeing consultancy. So sometimes it might be like boot camps out in a park. How we started off on, you know, running around the fields, um, beasting people. Uh, we do residential retreats where they get the full the full army weekend, uh, where they come away and they have the full beasting, you know, water bottle, wine it full, you know, burpees run up there beasts and um, monkey crawls and leper crawls so there's people who have that we do residential beast folks which are actually on bbc which is uh do you guys know the bbc is of course bbc yeah. over there yeah cool yeah so the bbc um so it was on that for a couple of programs with alfie's army um alfie's angels and another gentleman called kevin dweller on bbc one and we also run a, a really really extensive schools program so we go into schools colleges and unis and use veterans as role models um to, to overcome things like building resilience teamwork communication but also integrating health and well-being tips so we go in um our guys who go in we split them into a couple of teams they go head to head against each other competition format they go through a number of military style command tasks fitness challenges you know tire pulling challenge tug of war at the end but it's all built around cementing tips around health and well-being so we would talk a little bit about health and well-being at the start Maybe talk about the five ways of well-being, which is very similar to what you're talking about. So connecting with positive, like-minded people, always talk up, giving back and helping and supporting people. Um, basically, staying active, so getting outside, going for a walk. And we talk about diet tips, and then they, they'd be asked those questions throughout the program. So whether that program sometimes could be one or two or three sessions, or it could well be a whole year long we spend in the school going in and basically doing stuff on resilience, team building, communication, and the school's I've absolutely loved it. We've been in the papers over here uh, the last couple of days in about two or three different papers the last couple of days from the program that we're running at the moment because this is running in the middle of COVID as well. I was just going to ask, so, uh, that's a perfect segue. I was going to ask, how are you adapting to the COVID for this business? Well, it was, t- it was tough to start because we lost, uh, as soon as it happened, obviously we had to shut down because we're, we're all service driven. So we couldn't do anything and we locked down for, I think it was like three months. Uh, we locked down for three months. So we had to sit down and think, how can we change things and what can we do? So our residentials, people can travel into Wales, you can travel out certain areas. Uh, and most of our clients are from like London, the big cities, Manchester. So they couldn't travel in. Uh, we had to shut down our employability bootcamp programs, which gets people back into work, shut down on one day, shut down our outdoor bootcamps. And literally we went from 
up there to zero. So I sat down and I thought, what can we do? Uh, luckily enough, in, in Wales, we can operate within school within schools under the age of 11. They don't have to wear masks and they operate in what's called a bubble, which is um, which might be different in Canada, but they operate in a, in a bubble. So their class can come closer than, than the required distance, but it will only be their class in the whole school. So for instance, 20 children. So they know if one children has it, that, that means their whole class has to self-isolate at the moment. That's the way it works in Wales. So basically we just put a big, big push on our school's programme. And to be honest with you, it's coming at a time where they probably need it as well. So they need tips on building resilience. They need tips on health and wellbeing and certainly teamwork and communication because it's a weird time for youngsters growing up at the moment in the world, in, in most places that are suffering from COVID. So that sort of coming togetherness and teamwork, they have benefited so much. And the feedback has been outstanding. And I take the feedback off the kids, you know, the younger kids in the school. We do also operate in unis and colleges, but a lot of that's put on the back burner because they've got to stay two metres away. We have to send masks. But the kids in the in the primary schools, 11 and under, absolutely loved it. And it's great to see the teachers enjoying it as well because they're standing there watching these kids sometimes that are maybe a bit naughty, you know, maybe don't listen so much. And they're the ones who are like, oh, how can I do that, sir? Can I do this? Can I do that? And I was just, it's just great to see. And and that's what gives me a pure sort of warm feeling in my heart, you know, that, that these kids like are hopefully taking some valuable lessons in life. And hopefully maybe turning them around a little bit, you know, maybe seeing again. And we're not in recruiting for the army or the military by no means. They do know I was in the military. And they know what I've done. But hopefully they'll see it as, you know what, he's, he's done great. And, you know, that, I wouldn't mind that as a career. Um, because I, I do see, like I said earlier, that, the military gave me such a good head start in life. And both, both, both the things I'm doing, Forces Fitness and Veterans Awards are all, all involved in our, our military community. So, Well, the military gives and the military takes, and sometimes not in equals, <laughs> equal <laughs> portions. It does both things. But um, what I really appreciate about you, Sean, is that you, will, you acknowledge the problems. You just don't focus on them. It's not like you're ignoring them. You don't got your head in the sand. You're not uh, Pollyanna going, everything is wonderful. Uh, it's like, no, look, right. This is all messed up. That's true. But what are the solutions? It's solution oriented. It's improvise, adapt, overcome. Let's fight through the objective and figure it out. And I appreciate that very much. Sean, what's the best way for, how do people find you uh, for either your um, business or for the uh, Forces Awards or the Veteran Awards? Yeah, so again, it's, um, so if you look at, we're on Facebook as Forces Fitness. So feel free if you want to check out the, the page on Facebook, www.forcesfitness.co.uk on the website or info at forcesfitness.co.uk. Any inquiries regards to that. If it's the Veterans Awards, again, we're on we're on Facebook with the Veterans Awards. So it's Veterans Awards as it's spelled. Um, again, www.nice and simple veteransawards.co.uk again for Veterans Awards or info at veteransawards.co.uk. So it is quite simple. Feel free. We're on the usual platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, also LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn and I, and I see that as a, a, has been a great platform for me and it's how me and me and you connected, Mark. And I think for me, connecting with people on LinkedIn, um, trying to further yourself and networking and getting those good connections in place are ultimately key. Like you said, there, there are issues. There's so many issues out there and there's always going to be issues um, we're never going to solve the issues completely. It's about putting those things in place um, so we can better help and support people when those issues arrive. Uh, that's certainly what I think anyway. And each gives as to their ability to give. My ability is this show and, and you're doing what you're doing. But if we all decide this is what I'm going to do, whether I have my own organization or I volunteer, and there's so many of them out there, volunteer for somebody else's. It's, it's a lot easier. Um, but we're all rowing in the same direction. Um which is what it's all about. 
Uh, Sean, I'm going to have in the show notes and for the audience, uh, every link that I can find uh, to you, uh, I will have that in the show notes, your, your LinkedIn and as, as well as all the, um, for the Veterans Awards and all of it so that people can find you. But thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for being a positive beacon that uh, people can sail towards. That's two sailing references, and I was never in the Navy. <laughs> but, Sean, stay on the line, and uh, we will close out. Thank you so much for being here. No, thank you. And thank you to all the listeners as well. Um, yeah, thank you very much. It's been fabulous. Thank you. All right, brother. You're listening to Operation Tango Romeo, the Trauma Recovery Podcast. <laughs>